Okay, we're moving right along in mental health. Welcome back to another episode of Person of Interest with Natalie Jones, y'all. That's me. And May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And today we're talking with my friend, Mary Seguin, and she is a food stylist. She is also a mental health advocate. She works with an organization called NAMI. That's National Alliance for Mental Illness, NAMI, in the Southwest Ohio chapter. And the best thing about this is Mary is an amazing, beautiful artist. She's got an amazing light. She plays the cello, which she's going to do for us here in a second. And she went to a, went through a program at NAMI called Family to Family. Now, what this does is it offers counseling and education to individuals, caretakers, parents of, and families in general who are living with someone with a mental illness. And it provides them opportunities and information on how to get through it and in the forthcoming months to grow and prosper and go on with life. She speaks to this. She speaks on mental health as a family, as a supporter, and as an advocate. And it's absolutely beautiful. Now, she's a food stylist, and cooking is her love language. So what she has done, this is pretty rad. So she created a cookbook, which is online now, which you can get on donation base only. 100% of the proceeds are going to support the family-to-family program in which she was formerly um, a student of. And her cookbook is called A Dish of Hope, Cooking to Uplift Family and Friends. Okay, check it out. She made. She tells the story of how she even made the cookbook, which is just phenomenal. And we get right into it. Here we are, Mary and I, in her cello from my. Uh, let's see, from my kitchen, from my kitchen apartment. Once again, if you want to reach out to me about anything, my name is Natalie. It's natalie.wkrq.com. Mary is Mary Makes It Happen 61 on Instagram. And also keep in mind that Mary and I are two women talking about our personal experiences with mental health. We are not doctors. We are not prescribing anything that we have done to anybody else. We are simply saying what has worked for Without us. Without further ado, Enjoy. we're rolling. Mary Chagwin. Chagwin? Chagwin? How do you pronounce your last name? Mary Seguin. Seguin. <laughs> How are you doing today? Actually, I'm having an amazing day. Oh, why is it so amazing? Because I went to cello mm-hmm. with the New Horizon Orchestra, and we played some great pieces all together that, you know, when we get it, you just get a chill over your whole body. Yeah. So good. And we have an amazing um, professor, Dr. Gottlieb. Then I got to go to Mom and M and sit outside with two gals, and my daughter came by, and we just eat good food and chat outside that's amazing and now i'm here i know that sounds like a great day and i'm gonna get to talk about something else i'm passionate about i know mary you're a very passionate person i would say um everything you do i feel like you do you waste time on things that aren't a passion of yours you know unless it's like a a a life obligatory thing you know yes that's a good way to put it natalie Mm -hmm. it kind of felt obligatory i had a (laughs) full-time job for the first time in my entire life and really? it felt it. obligatory it served a purpose i um took me through covid mm-hmm. but now i'm gonna go back and follow my passion so you are a food stylist amongst other things food stylist mental health advocate today we're talking mental health a big big deal to both of us i would say mental health might be my number one passion and everything else just falls underneath umbrella like everything I do in life I feel like is um about mental health oh I like that my personal yeah I like that Mm -hmm. so you are a mental health advocate and you do a lot with um N-A-M-I-S-O-S-W-O NAMI Southwest Ohio NAMI Southwest Ohio is a national 
organization, which was grassroots, 1970s people put it together because they weren't finding anything they needed to bridge between the doctors and hospitals, things like that. So they went off and they... So NAMI um, stands for National Alliance for Mental Illness. Correct. And every, not every city, but we're fortunate that we have one, an affiliate, which is Southwest Ohio. Mm -hmm. And um, they then provide education groups that for peer-to-peer, family-to-family, resources that anyone, family or an actual person experiencing mental illness issues can go to them and they will get solid information. That is huge. Oh, so huge. So huge. I got to remember to breathe because I get all excited about it. It's like, you got to know about it. Well, um, what what sprung your um, interest and devotion to to mental health? Well, we have um, one of our children experienced mental health issues. How many kids do you have? I have three. Okay, and three boys, right? No, oh, you, you just have a daughter. Two, two boys and a daughter. Boy, yeah, and and not only just my son, but several people around me. They they have families who experience mental illness yeah. or mental health issues, and of course, what we'll get back around to is it's not a casserole kind of illness. It's mm-hmm. not cancer. It's not a child's broken arm. It's not you know you just had a baby. Mm-hmm. But it is an illness, you know, they can't help it. This is something that comes, it's either triggered by circumstances or, you know, it's there. Yeah. It's, diabetes is where I'll have the potential to have diabetes. It's when, when is it going to be triggered, if it is, et cetera. So normalizing it mm-hmm. so that people, um, one, they seem to be fearful of it. Yeah. And I'm not about that, you know, I'm kind of of that school lean into it if it's messy don't go the other direction don't make it messier for somebody but don't don't run away because what how have you changed how have you changed any situation if you just walk away well i think it's kind of like our american society there's been a big mental health stigma forever i remember i was raised thinking that Going to therapy was so taboo. We judged it in our household. I thought it was a sign of weakness or just somehow it was bad. Like, whoa, what a crazy person. You see a therapist? Oh, my God. And I love that you weren't raised like that. But I think a lot of people are. Right. I think that I was raised in a from a background where you just do hard work. And if there's a need, you got to fill it. Okay. And if you see a wrong don't stand by you need to to inject yourself or you're just as guilty as the person creating the wrong right yeah so we have a friend and she was dealing with a son who had mental health issues and she introduced me to NAMI that's usually how people learn about NAMI yeah is that somebody introduces them to it you introduced me to it I never heard of it until you which is so surprising it's been around since the 70s yeah and I feel because it's grassroots, it's a nonprofit, it's kind of like they don't have, well, actually, government. Sometimes they go, you know, there's people out here who do this job <laughs> that can educate people and do the marketing for you and this and that. Why don't you use them? And NAMI is doing what they can. And a yeah. lot of people, maybe you have to experience before you're going to know about it. Mm-hmm. But 
what had happened is after we've gone through all the things we had with my son and we have all sorts of um, doctors, counselors, therapists, different things, just trying to get him tools to navigate life. Yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, damn, I can do the same for somebody else. If I see them experiencing this struggle, you know what? I'm going to let them know. I'm here for them, but here's something else. So can we backtrack? What kind of issues was your son having, if you feel, if you feel comfortable? Well, I'm, as, we're, as we learned, you know, that's his story to tell. Okay. I know what I was experiencing mm-hmm. as a parent. I'm experiencing not the norm. I have every other little kid who's out there just mm-hmm. knocking around, just being just whatever, but somebody who's not experiencing life in the same way. Yeah. And you need, you want them to feel good and be healthy and be able to participate in life. So that is for the person experiencing this, the issues. Mm -hmm. You need to respect that autonomy, which is good. I, you know, I would tell someone, you know, one-to-one if it would help them at all. Mm -hmm. But most importantly that my son they have their autonomy. Okay. They, t- they carry out whatever life so they want. So he's having issues and he's a teenager? Actually, he was younger. So, yeah. you know, a lot of, for both of my sons, they thought that they had ADHD. Mm-hmm. But it really, and still education doesn't acknowledge it. They had processing, low, pro- slow processing, mm-hmm. but they're very intelligent. Yeah. They're high IQ with slow processing. Well, in your everyday life, you just can't keep up. Yeah. And so other things, behaviors uh, set in. And okay. Yeah. That's where we were with that. I can, I can see how that'd be really, really difficult. Yeah. And my friend had said, you should go to this class. So we went to the class, my husband and I, and it was almost like a college class. I mean, there's, there were 11 sessions, two hours each. They gave you a binder full of facts mm-hmm. so that you can speak intelligently to your doctors because your doctor isn't going to educate you on how to speak to them. No. I always had a friend, a mentor who always said, you know, before you go to that doctor's appointment that you get 30 minutes with, send all your questions ahead because then there's no, wow. oh, what do you think? What's going to happen? You know, you got my questions. You're ready. Let's go. So it's very valuable. Very valuable. Uh, NAMI, also, you're with other people who, at all different degrees, different diagnoses, that family is experiencing something. Mm-hmm. They could be partners. So you're married to somebody, and then they present as bipolar. You had no idea. And how are you going to navigate that? Yeah. You're not a doctor. Now how do you even reason with somebody who has something like that? It just gives you all these basic frameworks. So you... Th- you don't think that something's wrong with you, but how can you support that person? It's all about being a team member and supporting that person. Wow. So you had a great experience at NAMI. You learned a lot. And I wanted to give back. Yeah. And so my talent would be the food. Yeah. So Mary has a cookbook I cannot <laughs> wait to dive in and talk about. And I said, please, let me do this cookbook. I'm going to donate it, production, everything, and we'll put that money back to the family to family program. Okay. So what is the family to family program? The family in NAMI at NAMI and wherever there's an affiliate, they have one, uh, is a program where you meet with facilitators who've been trained, who also have experienced mental 
illness in their families. Mm-hmm. And then you go through the course together. And they have they have exercises and kinetic things. It's very directed. It's very well done. It's not the word touchy-feely. It's not touchy-feely, but you're going to feel something. And when you cry, there's a box of tissues on every yeah. uh, table. So can I ask you, when you were like in the throes of your son um, having a hard time, what did it feel like as a mom? As a mom... You want to fix something. Yeah. And you can't fix it. It's, you know, it's nebulous. It's yeah. mental. It's not a broken arm. So like I, a, some helplessness in there? You feel helpless. Your your brain is always on, you know, going cycling and cycling. What next? What can I do next? What can I do next? But the best thing we could do was get help for ourselves because I have a counselor, mm-hmm. how to navigate it, the NAMI program. It's language. It's what you do and don't do. One of the main things especially is don't talk so much, right? Don't talk so much? Yeah, you don't talk. When you're when you're navigating someone who's experiencing mental health issues, you just want to be present and let them know that you hear them. That's what they want to be okay. acknowledged, and I hear you. And it can bring their that inflammation and that anxiety down immeasurably. Stop talking, you know? Okay. Just let them know you hear them. You know, I feel like, so that's huge. I mean, because I feel like a lot of people would feel like I'm not doing anything because I'm not talking, and I want to help. So people say something, and you want to say something back, but don't. Don't. I hear you. I'm here for you. I know it sucks. I hear you. Yeah. I'm here to support you. Do you feel like that made a lot of headway? Just that simple? Just that simple. I believe one of our, uh, we have a fabulous family counselor, and she says the term set. It's, uh, remember, we're not going to sympathize, empathize, and speak the truth. Hmm believe I'm getting that correct and that can be hard to do um it can be really hard to do I feel like maybe a lot of underneath or sympathy and empathy tend to be underneath anger or frustration yeah a lot of times I don't know if I got that right Natalie but I want to tell you this is a good segue okay if you want to want to work this yeah the truth part is something that you think you shouldn't say but the truth builds trust okay and if you start out with someone and say but i'm going to tell you the truth because i don't want you ever to think that i'm not telling you the truth the truth builds trust can you give me an example well um and this this when i say segue is because the book um adisha hope Mm -hmm. cooking to support family and friends is about helping the whole family or acknowledging the caregivers, you know, support there. The truth part is that um, as a caregiver, you have to put up limitations, boundaries. Yeah. And when you do that, you save yourself so that you can, you're not in the mix of all the things they're doing. They need you to be apart from that because they're experiencing that. You don't need to experience it too. Mm-hmm. You're there to support them. So you, you put up parameters or boundaries that say, you know, I understand you're having a hard day, 
But the truth is, right now, I can't do any more for you, so I'm going to take a break over here. Ah, I can see that's hard. I'm sure that's hard. That sounds really hard. Hard to do. To do and to say, especially to a child who's having a a hard time. Yeah. So, again, the support so that they can own what's happening to them is never going to be easy, but they can also experience the control. Yeah. And that's a lot of empowerment. It is. I can control this. You're not telling me what I should should be like. Yeah. Or normal or that I need to behave in a certain way. I get to live it out how I'm going to live it out with supports. So, I mean, but um everyone in need and um and obviously individually need need support and control and do you feel like that was huge for you setting boundaries and gaining some kind of control back? But you're like I can see how this your, our emotions can take over our mental health and then you're just lost in a sea of emotions. I agree. You know? And so setting those boundaries, was it hard at first? It's hard at first because, right, you have to step out from the situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, a cousin whose son was also experiencing uh, mental health issues, she gave me a great advice. She goes, you know, it's okay to compartmentalize. Yeah. I like, oh, I like that word. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but as a visual artist, you know, I can visualize that. I can work with that. Yeah. Right now I'm in this mix of emotion, but I'm going to compartmentalize. Yes. And this isn't happening to me. This is happening to you. So we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be right here. So how, how long ago was this when you were first, in, when, when did you take the class? We took the class, has it been two years ago now? I believe it's been two years. Wow. So we we came to it later. We yeah. should have taken it way earlier. Uh-huh. And the book, The Dish of Hope, comes from me reaching out to a family that had several children with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And they're younger. And I said, you got to take this class. And I'm going to come here and I'm going to make dinner for them every week. You go to the class with you and your husband and learn about this. And so the face-to-face program, is this essentially kind of what you started or did it already exist? Oh, the NAMI family-to-family already existed. Okay. Okay. Yeah, definitely already existed. So you went into their home and you cooked dinner for them? I brought dinner, cooked dinner, and the cookbook are the recipes we did. Mm -hmm. I did. They were adventures of meters. We had a great time. I looked forward to it every week. Yeah. And one night, 11 yeah. weeks so you made yeah. this family well it's, i didn't do every we got gomez one night yeah. brought that in <laughs> but i filled it out with some ice creams and uh, mexican novelties and things like that nice. i think a grandma cooked one night one night they didn't go because they had work and then one night um one of the young people made dinner for us yeah she had been taking a cooking class in school that's the quesadilla recipe that's in the book ah. with the tomatilla salsa. Oh, tomatilla salsa is my favorite. Oh, it's good. So what kind of, so you um, cook for this family so the parents can go to these classes, right? Mm-hmm. Did the parents have such a great time in the class? Did they learn as much as you did? They did. And I will tell everyone that you have to remember it is volunteer led, right? Mm-hmm. They have a tomb of information to impart on you it's not you know it's not a tedx talk yeah you are there to get the work done yeah so if one person is a guide is your leader their personalities are different they've all have different experience 
for me as an artist, it, it, the abstraction of it is, it's the whole process. Like, you know, after you put so many hours into something, mm-hmm. you start to feel it and you start to glide and, you know, you get the rhythm of it. It's overwhelming. Your brain is strained. It seems dry. Yeah. But you're getting like so much usable information. And then you show up next time. It's going to be more. It might be a little different, a little more emotional, more you involved. You always have a chance to ask questions. If they don't know the answers, they're going to go find out for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time you've arced, it arcs, and then you're at the end of it, you realize that you're really been trained. You've been, you're ready. Mm-hmm. You're ready to, to, whatever your new normal is going to be, you're ready for it. Yeah. That's oh, amazing. That is amazing. And so it's amazing that you gave that gift to this family so that they could be empowered as well. And well, so- I started on my birthday. I said, this is going to be my birthday present. <laughs> You're going to let me come over there and do this. When I met you, were you doing that? Were you in the throes of this? I had finished. I think it was the year before. Okay. So this is pretty cool. So based on off of this experience, you then took all the meals that you made for the family and made a cookbook out of it. And we have an e-cookbook right now. Yes. Because I, I wanted to get it out there. I yes. did an Instagram live. Which, which great. we got we got some great feedback on there and a friend of mine is editing it down so it will fit on IGTV cool which is going to be nice i am also writing a couple more recipes to go with it so that it's being quoted out to be printed right now so congratulations on that by the way and this is really cool so it's donation based donation based and 100% of the proceeds then um, get donated to the family to family program to the family to family program, which is which is what you did when you went into their house right. and cooked dinner. So, but let's talk about the importance of nutrition and food and the act of making food for people and giving a meal to someone. So I'm, I'm laughing right now, Natalie, because I have I had like 26 recipe testers. Uh huh. FYI, cookbooks do not write themselves. Yeah. I'm, I am a, so much work. I'm an activator. Yeah. I can relate and I can make sure everybody knows about it. But some of those, the technical things I can do, yes, but we wanted the recipes to be doable. So I had 26 people who all different walks of, you know, levels of cooking experience. Mm-hmm. And I have a friend who actually was, I didn't realize was doing some recipe testing for a blogger. Mm-hmm. So she was all buttoned up. Okay. She, uh, she made it. <laughs> this is how I'd organize this. I go, excellent. But when you talk about nutrition, yeah, I, I needed these recipes formatted. I gave it to a registered dietitian. Yeah. The, it, it was COVID. I think it was COVID. And she threw some work away. And she started. Happened? No, she started. And I can give her a hard time. She started shifting around the recipes because she said, Oh, this would be, you know, healthier. Let's put this here. And there's it. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I know that it's important that we have good food for good health, etc. But these are it's a little more on the edge of comfort. Okay. And um, when I design the cookbook, I'm also like menu oriented. I love that task of building a menu. Mm-hmm. And is it travel? Will it travel? How easy will it be for somebody to reheat mm, it, et cetera, mm-hmm. like that? There she was. She was trying to make it healthier. And I was like, okay, I like that, but 
No, we are going to, we're going to put those corn tortillas in some oil before we wrap this enchilada. Well, you know what? I think that it's like nature versus nurture and that you do need some comfort food. You need some love and you do need nutrition as well. Because your gut, you know, is called the, your second brain. brain. Your second brain, all of like the, the relationship between serotonin and dopamine releases and your diet is huge. 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 It might be, I think, the most important thing. What we put in our bodies, I think, is the most important decisions we make every day. Right. And this, I mean, and so what kind of things, and everything, oh, everything in your cookbook is, is whole foods. Yes, it is whole foods. I'd like to say on that nutrition, what we put in our body. Also, I think it's maybe, I know it's not scientific, but psychologically, yeah. what you're putting in your body, what does that do to your dopamines when you realize somebody made something for you? Yeah. Or somebody acknowledged that you're having a, a really hard time but here i want you to have this food and i want you to take a moment and nourish yourself so i highlighted this um your i would say like maybe your your thesis statement of the book which i absolutely love it's giving food can strengthen a part of a person that can't be seen i see you i know you are struggling but there is hope i'm gonna cry i mean it's beautiful you wrote that i mean that's so true Giving gifts in, um, in general, but actually the gifts of food is unlike anything else. And I think it nurtures both hearts because mm-hmm. it must, I mean, you giving the gift of food is huge. Don't you love cooking something for someone else? Mm-hmm. I do. And then when they receive it and they love it at the same time, it's the whole package there, Mary. Though I'm, the a little, package. I'm a little twisted though. Sometimes you may not like it because you've never even experienced it, but I love the act of going, She's never had this before. She's going to like it because I like it. Yeah. And I know she's going to like it. Yeah. Like there's a dish in there, pastizio. Okay. What is that? And pastizio is a Greek pasta dish. Okay. The, in the meat or whatever you choose to do is uh, sauteed onions and cinnamon mm-hmm. and a little bit of tomato with a bushmel on the top. And, mm. and cinnamon, it's got to be that aroma and everything that yeah. that heightens things gives it you energy so good and it's you can reheat it it's delicious and of course you can buy a jar of olives to go with it some cucumber salad you know just mm-hmm. having those things it's fresh it didn't come out of the back of a kitchen somewhere it came from your kitchen yeah it's simple it can be reheated at any time you know what Mary? i can say you've just like broken down i came into this thinking like we're going to talk nutrition and how important it is for your gut and how it's important <laughs> to connect all this stuff. Cause I'm so, I feel like it's part of my, my thing. It's to be um, like as healthy as possible all the time, you know? And I love that that is an important factor for you, but more importantly, it's the comfort and the love that comes along with it. Right. Cause I feel like uh, sometimes those, I mean, uh, that can be ignored a lot in mental health especially right and in in general in life but thank goodness they've got people who are writing about the food aspect yeah you know there's the exercise because i know that makes all the difference for my son Mm -hmm. and the food makes all the difference Mm -hmm. he's aware everybody's aware i think you don't have to have mental health issues to know you feel better if you exercise and if you eat well yes so if they and of course i'm an artist everything's colorful it looks nice it's easy to obtain. Don't if you're even listening to this and you go, no, it's not. Oh my god, I hate to cook. No, it's they're there. They're colors. Just 
like the bo crayon box. You need to just grab the colors you like. And I mean, as someone who I try to cook a little bit, I go through phases. I feel like life is really busy right now currently. And I ate out like almost every meal last week and I hated it. But like, I was like, I really don't have any time to cook anything right. or I didn't prioritize mm. that at all. And I hate that. Yeah. I hate it so much. Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird. Though. I've had this full-time job. Uh-huh. And there's no time to cook. So I'm getting frustrated and frustrated. Uh. I found myself weirdly, I never do anything like in a habit form. Uh -huh. Like I do the same thing every yeah, week. Yeah, me both. I don't. But I found every Saturday morning I'd wake up and I had to bake something. And I'm not a baker per ah. se. And I'd make muffins or I'd make scones or I'd make granola. I'm like, why am I doing this? But it was my reset. Yeah. It grounded me, I guess. Oh, that's it was weird. beautiful. I noticed. I was slowed down enough to notice. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like making cookies became my thing. When in doubt. Right, I heard about your cookies, but I never got any cookies. You never got, did I tell you I'd bring you some? Yes, you did. Gosh. After I did your apartment. I'm the worst. That's all right. Uh, I, I don't I, need any I'm cookies. I'm sure if anyone's listening, I've told 87 <laughs> people <laughs> that. Cookies. I'm the worst. And it's funny if you can't, you can't see us. But Miss Fitness is over here on one side, and Miss, well, I mean, I move. Fitness, I yeah. move. We're on the same synchro team together, yeah, synchronized right. swimming team together. Shout out to Ron so, Stans. Yeah. But it's funny. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I'll have to bring you some bring I don't you need some any cookies. cookies. So, so now, so you, um, while making the cookbook, how did you choose these dishes that you were making for the fam? They literally were the dishes I made for them amazing how did you how did you choose these what was your process well they probably were things that sounded good to me mm -hmm. they were standards that I knew I had made for people and traveled with like the pesto green beans and yeah. potato dish you know that travels I, I believe we may have had chicken with that that night um the enchiladas. So delicious. So being a, so visually the, the cookbook is, is beautiful and yes. you are a food stylist. So tell me, so you've like always been working with food now, you know, so let's unpack your relationship with that. When did, so what exactly is a food stylist, Mary? A food stylist is someone almost a cross between a designer and a sculpture, sculptor, mm -hmm. someone who understands light and works with a team of people, an art director, photographer. I'm I'm doing I do commercials and films as well. So people have a vision. Yeah. And then you have to make it happen. And if it's if it's moving, then you have to be able to know timing and and when and how it's gonna be out there, who's gonna manipulate it. Okay, so food, just to set the record straight, so like a food stylist, um, for those listening, is like at a commercial at the end or when you see a table set up in a movie or whatnot, that is you. You set it up yes. in the action. Or if you're watching a KFC commercial, the chicken tenders at the end that are, you know, that are set up in the, in the last shot, you know? Well, any sh all the way through. Okay. Now there's, there's props and riggers and people who like – when you see the chicken nuggets flying up in the air, there's somebody doing the mechanics of that. Mm -hmm. It could be the food stuff is really low budget, but sometimes people are hired to just do that, yeah. manipulate it. We're problem solvers. Like if somebody has to take a bite out of a hamburger, you know, three times, I have to have three of them set up. Mm -hmm. They have to look similar. What are you going to do? I was doing a job and we stacked eight 
uh, eight racks of ribs. Okay. How are you going to make that stay? Put all the sauces on and they maintain their look for that. Yeah. I really do love working with food that people are going to manipulate or okay. talent. When I worked on the film Carol, there was a big cocktail scene. Okay. There were certain things that the, the, um, the actors were going to have to take a bite of through each take or put back on their plate and that has to be reset. Now you have to choose things or make the things stay like a shrimp cocktail bowl Mm -hmm. is massive. So those all get dipped in some gelatin so they don't, you know, expire. But we have the ones that they're going to eat separated. Okay. Things have to stay food safe as well. Wow. That's crazy. There's so much behind this. There's more to it than Natalie. Setting yeah. up. I, yeah. Oh, there's that little setup there? That's cute. Did your mother do that? No. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that sounds like... I didn't realize, like, how intense the food setup was on sets or movies or whatnot. And you're working on a movie. I kind of movie, but I don't yeah. know the name of it. We probably we can't, talk, can't about. talk about it no. anyway, but um, that's exciting stuff going through. So like, so when you're saying like potentially um, you're on set for a commercial you've done in the past, like how long does it take? Well, we have probably a prep day. Mm-hmm. We have pre-photo meetings, etc., And then they, their shoot day is usually 10 hours. Wow. One of my favorite clients to work with is La Rosa's. Because oh, yeah? Mark LaRose is hands-on. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows his product. He knows it can be done. He's, he, he appreciates his entire crew. Oh, cool. To beyond and above and beyond. Um, and his food comes out looking beautiful. I mean, it is beautiful. Oh, that's so great. he's one of my favorite clients. Oh, good to know. Mm-hmm. Well, I love the pizza as well. I'm like, now I'm thinking about it like, that sounds delicious. Mm. So going back to mental health, it is Mental Health Month. May is Mental Health Month. So um, now that you've you've finished the course and you're an advocate, a mental health advocate, and so you finished the course, your son is still living with mental illness and will forever. Yeah? Yeah. And how do you think it's changed your life now? Uh, After being trained and making the book and being involved. I think more of the world has opened up to me. Yeah. You know, I'm, I have access to even more people one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I think I have a greater understanding and patience for people. I mean, from the person who walks the street or asks you for money, yeah, what is their story? There's always that thing. There's always three sides to a story. Well, that's the sympathy and the empathy, and the truth is what we'll just say, whether or not that's... Let's do that, yeah. whether that, I've got that correct or not. Um, yeah, and, you know, we're here... To make each other's, mm-hmm. you know, carry the burden with each other, right? Yeah. You don't have to watch people struggle like yeah, that. You really don't. If you stand by and watch somebody struggle, you don't have to, you don't have to take it on, but you can give them hope by saying, have you ever heard of NAMI? Maybe you should try this. I was, I was at my Mahjong. I was teaching Mahjong the other day. What's that? Mahjong is a tile game, American Mahjong. Oh, okay. It's really fun. Cool. You're the I, best. I love it. You're the best. And literally, we um, one of the gals got a phone call. Her friend's son was having an episode. She did not know anything about NAMI. And she's wow. coming to the whole mental health thing late. And she said, well, I got to get out here. She knows about NAMI. She said, she'll talk to you later. I said, yep. That, after we were finished, I called her. I told her what, you know 
what was out there for her. There's hope, and you don't have to live like this. I can see it's, it must be very challenging for parents who are dealing with children who are having these symptoms and um, struggles. And and, and it, you said coming to mental health being uh, later in life, but like, but just being totally in the dark about like what's going on and how to treat it and how do we do this and then will it lead to substance abuse in the future or whatnot? That seems to me like incredibly daunting. And I know in my family growing up, we just didn't talk about anything like mm-hmm. at all, a- at all. I feel like that happens in a lot of families. Right. Like a lot, a lot, a lot. Cause one of the things they say, if it doesn't look normal, it isn't normal. Yeah. So you can't look away. I think the one thing about NAMI, if you can get to it, people are going to send you to doctors. They're going to send you to counselors. going to send you these things. That's great. You might feel good. There's a little relief. Somebody's going to help mm-hmm. your child. Don't stop there. Find out so that you can make informed decisions. Because not all therapists are fabulous. Yeah. You know, if something's not working, you don't see the needle moving, you know, fire them. Move yeah. on. Find, talk to people. Who do you use? What do you use? Um, what are you, where have you gotten your information? Again, NAMI. Mm-hmm. So the sooner you get that and you put that toolkit, you know, you got that toolkit, you are going to, your life will resemble something that once again you feel joy because yeah. you can, it's daunting you don't feel the same it's not normal you have a new normal but it's okay yeah were there times in your life where you guys weren't experiencing joy oh and it was that's when i got myself a counselor I thought, i've lost myself yeah where am i who am i yeah I, uh, this is I, I, I gotta reach that person again okay and did you and, and did nami help you with that well, actually, my counselor did. Yeah, but, gotcha. He was but, not affiliated with NAMI. But not affiliated with NAMI, but, but yeah, as we've gotten the... Which, by the way, I would say um, I've been seeking a counselor since I was like 18. I'd say since the, the summer I left home for college. I was like... Smart. I was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is it. And to anyone who has any sort of shade on counseling or therapy, no, you just got to go. It seems like being open is really a huge thing with the mental health journey and struggle and uh, trying to find balance in general just being open and when certain tactics don't work being willing to pivot and try again oh it's excellent did you guys have roadblocks when you guys were going through it with your son in the thick yeah yeah i can't that's a nice thing about i'm not gonna say it's trauma but i guess it is a life trauma trauma. either there's time and you know it but you're not feeling it the same way okay you get that yeah so it's in, it's like putting your finger on a burner it's hot right yeah ah it hurts right eventually as it heals you know that that burner was hot and you know what it feels like but you're not feeling that burn okay another one of the things i love is that probably a meme on instagram which i love you do mary makes it happen 61 follow her everyone <laughs> Mary's amazing. If you don't know Mary and you like haven't been friends yet, by the way, you need to go out of your way to meet this. Okay. But there was, I think it was a meme. It's, or maybe it was a poem who a philosopher said the people who laugh the most have probably experienced the most pain. Oh yeah. Is it so fabulous? Yes. It's so true. I just got chills. Yes. Ah, 
you know, you just know those people. Yeah. Because they can, without a, with a band, and they can laugh. They can mm-hmm. laugh and they can cry. Yeah. So, wow, those people are here. They're present. You can touch them and feel them. You know, yeah. those are the... Oh, can I ask you about um, shame and shame through the process of mental health in general and um, as a parent in your experience... And did you find relief or has it shifted or do you feel levity from it now? And do you think that it was like an underlying factor in your life or in your sons before going through this process and whatnot? I feel like shame and mental health is, um, they can be like relate. Shame comes up more times than not. Right. I'd have to say because of the way I, my outlook on life is, Mm. I didn't feel shame. This is, yeah, that's my so, this is like you're so great i feel like a lot of parents would feel shame correct but i'm in it for a different reason yeah i didn't have children to make you know to augment my life or to wear like a bracelet yeah. i brought them in the world they're they're humans i know that they're gonna make the world richer yeah which clearly my son has done yeah you look at what's happened just because of his his yeah. struggle, right? Oh, it's but I, I'm not that parent. Yeah. And so I've always experienced my children as they have autonomy. Mm-hmm. I want them to be the best people they're going to be. They don't have to follow this linear trajectory. So shame was never a part of it. Mm-hmm. Pain, I felt pain. Yeah. You know, extreme pain. I have a dear, dear friend. She's like the sister from another mister. Mm-hmm. She always said, Mary... Make sure, let people know, or you know what you're experiencing. Yeah. So when it happens to them, they're not afraid. Yeah, and it makes all the difference. It really does. Do you feel like do people come to you now? I think more than anything, because I'm not like a busybody, and I, I, you know, some people who like they love drama and they like oh, to be in the busyness. Yes. That's like kind of me, kind of me, hardcore my mother for sure, but kind of me. I don't like that. I don't like that. I ain't got time for that. I'm not, I don't have the energy, the bandwidth, all this Wait, thing. I on. did not like to do that. When I have a friend who, we have a mutual friend, but I didn't know that friend was struggling. Uh-huh. And finally that friend said, Mary, I think you really need to talk to her. And, and you know what? We were doing it out of place of love and respect. So it was all good. She yeah. wouldn't have to feel shame. She did nothing. We were just giving information, support. I'm here for you. She took the class, and she was coming to the whole mental health thing yeah. late. But wow, and she got a counselor for herself. Mm-hmm. The sooner you do it, yeah, because you can't deal with struggling and then helping somebody. Oh, and then have your regular life no, as well. You've got no. to go to work. You've got I to do like, lots of things. Like that scenario right there is where substance abuse usually comes in, or like. How, can I just ask you personally how you feel about um, about medication? Well, my son is not on any medication. Mm-hmm. He's really taking charge of his health. Yeah. He's doing fabulous. Again, if we had NAMI earlier, yeah, we may not have made the decisions, but we made. Maybe they all weren't great. But again, I back to what I said earlier, we wanted to see him be able to navigate life. Yeah. And he couldn't do it, you know, at the rate he was going. He And maybe he was misdiagnosed. You know, these are the crazy things. You have to forgive yourself that. Yeah. And you said, you're human. I was doing what I knew at the time. 
with what the information I had. Yeah. Forgiveness. Yeah. And so I forgot what we're talking about. Oh, I asked you about medication. Medication, medication. So, oh yeah. You know, if you're going to, if your child is going to take medications, you don't say that was a magic pill and walk away. It's not Willy Wonka, right? It is not Willy Wonka. You have to be present. You have to, it's hard work. It's a third job. Yeah. And a lot of parents, I'm not judging, but they're, they're got to get in the game. Yes. Their head has got to be in the game. As soon as you see things happen, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. Very interesting. The NAMI program, they go through all the medications and they tell you now they're prescribing this, but it goes with this. These two things don't come together. You got a question. Why is a doctor giving you that when he's giving you this as well? Yeah. Or she's giving you this as well. It's like, I think because right there, what you're highlighting um, is like the unhealthy. I feel like there's so much unhealthy, so many unhealthy behaviors and rhetoric in doctor's offices about mental health because they're not experts on it, but they are quote unquote, but, but they, but they are actual doctors. So they just prescribe these things and then it doesn't always work. And so the fact that you need to be prepared and you need to be educated in order to ask your doctor questions is huge. And that seems to be a must if you're dealing with your own mental health and also that of your child, you got to educate yourself. And there's no dumb question. There's no wrong question. My, um, if I had been a little more informed or my husband before, we know that there's probably situations that, you know, my son could only take so much of because it's sensory, you know, people experience like it's too loud. It's too much, too many activities, people coming and going, um, you know, in and out tired, being tired. Of course, we all know now sleep is huge. Yeah. My kids were, they think I was too disciplined, but they did have a bedtime and they did, you know, got that covered. Check. Yeah. Eating check maybe, but the other just navigating life that we think is normal, you know, oh, there's a big party, it's loud, it's whatever. But for somebody who's has sensory issues or this or that, you have to be aware of that. And you can only stay for so long. Mm-hmm. You can go, but stay for so long. And then what are you really giving up? Nothing. Yeah. You know, you get, to a, you get to a per- certain point, you know, you didn't need to stay at the party the whole time and yeah. your son didn't need to stay there either, right? You yeah. go home Yeah. and give them what they need. Yeah. Because, again, you didn't bring them into the world just to be ornamental. Mm. Right? Ain't that the truth? So. Well, I think that, like, um, Mary, you have an uncanny way of listening to people, to your surroundings, and to yourself and finding your place within it. Oh, I like that. Thank you. I've been growing into it. I really think I've grown into it. I don't think I always... You don't think you were always no, like this? No, I wasn't always like that. Okay. I, I, wait, I, you know, maybe I, I do, I never met a stranger, right? It's so true. But I, I think I am getting better at listening and not talking so much. Really? Well, you like know, you fixing listen, right? things, being the problem solver. You know, it's the way yeah. I work. Bum, 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 bum. Uh-huh. But I, I brought it down several times. <laughs> so Mary, let's, people can find your book where? And what is it called? And all the things. Right now, how to access the book is going to NAMI Southwest Ohio, A Dish of Hope, Cooking to Uplift Family and Friends. 
It's not a traditional bring your casserole. It's, it's got different things that you might enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Also gives you menu suggestions, how to fill out whatever you're bringing with drinks and teas and different things. And NAMI Southwest Ohio. Yes. And it's, if you type in a dish of hope, it'll come up. Okay. And whatever you can donate, you'll get the link. At some point, once we've got our printing and publishing figured out, there's several uh, shops and places in town that will be carrying it. But of course, I will be sure Heck to pub- yes. post that. And um, 100% of the proceeds are donated. Tsunami, family to family. Uh, we've raised over 5000 already. Congratulations. That is Makes huge. me feel good. I was, what they huge. had told me is this allows, it takes about $380 for each participant. That's mm. their cost. For the face So to we face. should, for the, yeah, so yeah. we should have, you know, at least 15 plus families that's so this so all the proceeds go to um pay for the tuition right whatever that takes but but it's of no cost to anyone ever okay. it's just what it costs so, to run that program it's a non-profit okay gotcha okay okay no cost to you so there's no monetary this is hurdle. huge i wish i would have known this so in just personally in my life i um have lived like in five or six different states and if i could and i've always had a therapist or a counselor everywhere And if I couldn't afford it at the time, which most of my life, I was just paycheck to paycheck. I mean, you know, super, super poor and, uh, whatever, you know, that that broke, whatever. And, um, and finding mental health, free mental health help through the government is, I'm going to say it fucking insane. It is so hard, but I always did it, but it was like, I would call and make an appointment after so much setup and finally be like, in six weeks, we can see you for an hour in this place. That's 45 minutes away from you in the dungeon of this place. And a guy who, I mean, some of the, I would say there, I've had one, one free counselor that was really, really worth it. Mm-hmm. And, but she was so overbooked. It was in Colorado and she was the only one in town. Right. And that was only because there were 2000 people who lived there. So it was, just because it was easier, but every other city it was so difficult. So to know that this exists and there is free help through the national. Well, they they have they have the groups, so peer to peer, family to family. Have to go to their site to get okay. all of them, and then resources. Okay. It's there. You the go. That's out there. So if for, if for anyone who wants to go to the website, the website is NAMI, N-A-M, hold on, N-A-M-I-S-W-O-H. That's NAMISouthwestOhio.org. And you can find all of the information there. Can I tell you one more thing? Yes, please. Keep because going. I'm very action-oriented. Is that if you have someone in your life experiencing a mental health cr- crisis, there's nothing you can do to change their situation, how they're feeling, Right. But I learned this. I was a resident advisor at Bowling Green State University, and mm-hmm. we got training for this. And they always said, somebody's experiencing something, offer and say, I will go with you for your first appointment. Wow. Because that's so hard, right? It's, it's an unknown. You don't have to say anything. Remember, we're limiting the talk. Yeah. But you say, I will, I will take you when you, you're ready for that appointment action wow and you can really change change an outcome right there you can 
You know what? A friend of this is like, I don't know. I was quitting smoking. I've quit smoking like 25 times, right? One of the times I did. But I was like talking about quitting smoking. And my roommate, Brandon, was like, can I go with you to the store to buy them? I'll just sit in the car. I'll be the DJ. And just him saying that was huge. And so I actually did it. And I stuck to it because it was associated with my friend. And he was so brilliant. And if that is just one small example of how much that can really help and how much offering to take someone and just being a companion for someone who is seeking help to better themselves in any way, please do. It's a good one anyway. Face, family to Family is a no-cost eight-week course for family caregivers and friends of individuals living with mental illness, everybody. All of the proceeds from Mary's book are supporting this program. Mary, now I think, are you going to play the cello now? Did you want me to? I do. Can you, like, yeah. if we get that all set up, then you can put it, like, at the beginning and the end of this podcast because you're so stealth with your podcast Yes, skills. for real. Yes, girl. All right. Ah, let's oh, go. let's pick something out. All right, everybody. Well, enjoy the chill you're about to hear. Let's do this. Mary, <laughs> hold on. Mary makes it happen. 61 on Instagram. Ooh, Check thanks, this Natalie. woman out. She also is a stellar rhinestone <laughs> on the Synchronized Swimming Team. And um, I'm probably the dullest rhinestone on the team. You are yeah, shiny. Yeah. Oh, brightest. my God. In the rough. That mm. diamond in the rough. That yes. Natalie. <laughs> oh, God. All right. And now, let the cello commence. I mean, right? Isn't she just somebody you want to have coffee with and talk to for hours? Oh, my goodness, Mary. Thank you so much. And everybody at NAMI, thank you so much. If Mary believes in it, as do I. And again, that program is the Family to Family Program, the National Alliance for Mental Illness, the Southwest Ohio chapter. Mary's book, 100% of the proceeds go to support this program specifically. And her book is called A Dish of Hope, Cooking to Uplift Family and Friends. It is online now, and I think a publication will be coming soon. I'll let you know on that. Until then, thank you guys so much. You can find Mary at Mary Makes It Happen 61 on Instagram. Y'all know me at Nat Jones with three O's and all the socials. If you like this podcast, thank you so much for listening. Like, subscribe, follow, leave a review if you want to, if it's nice. If it's not, you know what? You know, do what you got to do. And uh, love ya, and I will see you soon. Whatever it is you do today, make yourself proud, babe. Okay, and also P.S. Excellent cello skills, Mary. Excellent cello skills. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. <laughs>